1: Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is my Mahomie, the Captain Mahomes.
3: And just like Patrick Mahomes, I will be beating the 49ers to win my Super Bowl ring. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend.
1: This week, we are very happy to be featuring Guayabara by the fabulous brewers down at Cigar City. This is the Citra Hop at its best, adding notes of tangerine, lime, and berries to this American Pale Ale. Garage grade, four and three-quarter bottle caps out of five. And this week, we are sipping on cold beer thanks to our good friends right here. First up, we have a cheers to Brenna in Parts Unknown. And also in Parts Unknown, we have Laura P., who says she just moved to the parts that are unknown.
3: And a big shout out to Shannon in Monk's Corner, South Carolina.
1: Next up we have a double cheers. This goes to Amy and Jake in Hobart, Indiana.
3: And a big we like your jib to Brooke in Gainesville, Florida.
1: And last but not least, I want to give a cheers to my friends right here Nancy and Ashley in Pueblo West, Colorado. Everyone we just mentioned went to truecrimegarage.com and contributed to this week's beer fund and for that we thank you.
3: Yeah, R U N beer run. That is enough of the business.
1: All right, everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime.
2: the family did always hold on to hope that they would have a miracle and that maybe Jabez would be found alive. But as we mentioned, uh, this all came to a tragic end here earlier today. Uh, there is, this has plagued the community for a year and a half. The disappearance of Jabez, the 14 year old went missing on September 4th, 2017 Sarasota police telling us tonight in a late night news conference that as soon as they made a positive ID on Jabez's body, they called his family with this sad news investigators telling us that they identified his skeletal remains using dental records, and that he was actually found Saturday in a rural part of Manatee County, just west of Interstate 75. We're told a man was out there just putting up a fence around 4.30 in the afternoon. When he saw the remains, he called 911. Police at this point do not know how long those remains were there, but we are told that forensic investigators are working right now to find out exactly what happened, if there's any evidence on his body that they can use to catch whoever killed him. It's not somewhere that we believe he would have wandered off to and then uh, just sat down and and passed away. We believe that, well, we will, and those facts will come out later on, but uh, we do not believe at this point that he left Sarasota under his own volition and went to Manatee County where his body was found. Jabez's mom told us tonight that the family's just too distraught to talk about the developments they learned of what happened here just a few hours before they alerted the media of this break in this case. The mom did convey that she wanted to thank members of the community who, for the past year and a half, have held search parties, passed out flyers, and tried to do everything in their power to find Jabez. I know that they've been wanting this conclusion, but not in this way. We'll keep you posted as this this story continues to develop. We're live here in Sarasota tonight. Michael Peluska, AB action news
1: The Herald Tribune reported on November 24, 2017, that Jabez witnessed the murder of Travis Combs and was seen by the suspects just a week before he went missing on Labor Day. The article confirmed that this information was contained in a police report, indicating that the rumors about Jabez seeing a crime were true. Apparently, Sarasota police detectives were informed about the connection between the Combs case and Jabez's disappearance by a Sarasota pastor named Calvin Lumpkin, who told police that he had information about the connections between the two cases. But it seems possible that even this pastor became afraid to talk. In a weird situation, when the police tried to talk to him about what he knew, they were served with a letter from his lawyer, saying that he would invoke his pastor privilege and refuse to answer any questions. The strange thing is that the lawyer who wrote the letter shutting down the questioning is also the mayor of Sarasota, who happens to have a side business—a law practice. Lumpkin later told the Herald-Tribune, "Quote: It's not true. No one came to me specifically about Jabez Span." End quote. On November 27th, Sarasota Police Department released a statement acknowledging the possible links between Travis Combs' murder and the disappearance of Jebez Span. The statement said, quote, The Sarasota Police Department continues to investigate all avenues regarding these two cases. Both cases and their possible connections to one another remain under investigation. They are both active cases. Sarasota Police Department is not discounting any possible connections between the two cases and continue to seek additional information and leads in both cases. End quote. Meanwhile, Jabez's 15th birthday came and went, with no movement on the case. Sarasota PD doubled the reward to $50,000, hoping that someone would talk in exchange for cash. But after three months, Jabez had still not been located. The family continued to hang Jabez's number three football jersey on the clothesline outside Lucille's home, where it had been since he disappeared. Genevieve Judge, a public information officer for the Sarasota Police Department told Dateline, quote, we've done all sorts of searches and we've partnered with the FBI and the Florida Department of Law Enforcement to do that. Unfortunately, at this point, we have not come up with anything of significance. So technically, they
3: could charge the pastor with the same thing that they charged Reginald, but because of his
1: religious privileges, they can't do so. Correct. Plus, they don't have any sworn statements from others claiming that he told them that he had direct knowledge about the case. Right. In the months that followed, as 2017 turned into 2018, the number of tips submitted to Sarasota Police Department, obviously, they dwindled drastically. Sarasota PD interviewed a number of people but had not named any suspects or persons of interest in this case. Then, in May of 2018, some potentially new information came in. Tawana Span told us that a female witness reported seeing Jabez with two other boys around 1 a.m. on September 4th. This technically would be September 5th. She said that this eyewitness said that they saw Jabez with these two other boys on Martin Luther King Jr. way. Tawana knows one of these boys. This boy had also been one of the boys who also witnessed the Combs shooting along with Jabez, according to what Reginald Parker told the family and the private investigator. Tawana wanted to know whether this boy, who had been with Jabez right before he vanished, knew anything about what had happened to her son, whether the boys met up with somebody, whether Jabez got into a car with someone, whether someone took him. She confronted this boy, the one we have been calling Jay, and when she did, she told us that Jay flew off the handle and screamed at her, saying he did not have anything to do with what happened to Jabez. He didn't know nothing or something along those lines. Tawana does not feel that Jay's overreaction is typical of someone who really knows nothing. It seems likely that Jay is scared. Could he be afraid of what happened to Jabez will happen to him? According to Tawana, Jay and two other minors were prevented from talking to police by their parents with whom no doubt were scared for their kids' safety. Two of these kids witnessed the crime, according to the affidavit. And Jabez almost certainly talked to these friends about what he saw. One of these kids ended up in juvie and told investigators that Jabez was not in Sarasota, but would be found in Bradenton, although no one knew why that would be the case. And he said that he warned Jabez to not smoke with everybody, which could be an indication that Jabez was lured away by his abductors with the promise of pot or cigars. One of these men, who the PIJR believes is responsible for what happened to Jabez, admitted that he gave the boy a cigar. This is a man with the initials J.J., who at the time of the Combs murder, remember, there were three perpetrators, according to Parker, had dreadlocks. Apparently, Jabez told several people after Combs was shot that he saw a man with dreadlocks at the scene, and he knew who J.J. was, as he was from Newtown. In fact, J.J. was dating Travis's cousin one of the men who ran away toward Palmedalia Avenue after Travis was shot. Wheelock was also known to Jabez, but that's not all. You see, Jabez knew one of the men named by Parker, and the unnamed female witness very, very well. This was the man named Curtis, and Curtis was best friends with Jabez's older brother, the one in prison. In fact, Curtis practically grew up with Jabez and his brother, even calling Lucille grandma. Jabez told people after Combs was murdered that he knew who killed Travis. At the end of 2018, Jabez's case was featured in People Magazine's list of missing people. This was in November of 2018. And then in February of 2019, there was a break in the case. On February 16th, a man working on a cow pasture fence on the 4100 block of Canal Road in, in Bradenton, this is in rural Manatee County, came upon a skeletonized human remains. A joint press conference by the Sarasota Police Department and the Manatee County Sheriff's Office announced that the remains were indeed those of Jabez Spann. He was identified using dental records. The location was quite far from his home in Newtown, 16 miles, and was outside of the search area, and they did not believe that he left Sarasota under his own power. According to statements at the press conference, it was unknown how long the remains, which were fully skeletal, were there, whether the body was dumped there and or if they were transported to the rural area after Jabez was held and killed elsewhere. Deputy Chief Robinson emphasized that they were still seeking tips and leads and the reward remained available. Well, the amount of eyewitnesses that could have
3: put these guys away that aren't coming forward is absolutely ridiculous. And I understand that they're afraid for their safety. But again, my argument would be if law enforcement doesn't get involved, these guys are going to be out running the streets and controlling the streets, and you're going to be, um, that threat is always going to be there. And then on top of that, you then have not only witnesses that saw, um, witnessed him see a murder, but you now have people also saying, oh, you'll find him, and you're going to find him in this other city, and then they find him. So there's a lot more people that know what happened and who's responsible that are just not coming forward.
1: Well, and we say that he was found outside of the search area, which he was found 16 miles away, and that's a good distance, but some would say, well, hey, it's just 16 miles away. He was missing. They could not locate him for 17 months, almost 18 months. That's a long time for this family to be, I mean, just really clueless as to what took place and to be just miserable the whole time. But I want to make sure that everybody understands that the search efforts for Jabez were were large, were massive. There was a lot of searching for him going on. They were constantly searching over the 17-month period. In fact, his mother says that they searched Sarasota, they searched Bradenton, Palmetto. And they even searched just north of Venice and searched Northport. So if you look at all those spots on a map, this is a pretty large area that they were working on covering. They also ran into some problems during the search efforts. Some of these searches were with the Sarasota Police Department and others involved. But some of these searches were with volunteers from the community. And the problem that they ran into with these volunteers from the community, look, they're, they're so grateful that all these people came out to help. The problem with that was there were people that they suspected either knew what happened to Jabez or possibly were involved in whatever happened to him and or Travis that were showing up to volunteer at these searches because they want to keep an eye on what's going on and report back to whomever or just for their own information. So at some point they had to make these searches very private and that means really reducing the number of people searching in these areas. And I do want to give a shout out to the Peace River Search and Rescue group. Uh, they provided a lot of help in the efforts to find Jabez and they provided a lot of help to the family pro bono. So a big a big high five goes out to them. Now once Jabez is found, once his body was located, the cause of death has never been released. Officials would not even confirm that Jabez was wearing the same clothes that he was last seen in. Um, this is reported to be a turquoise t-shirt and some other items, but I couldn't, couldn't locate exactly the description of the other clothes that he was wearing. Yeah. We asked Detective Megan Buck whether she could tell us the cause of death and, of course, She would give no comment on that. For what it's worth, the man who called 911 about finding a body told the dispatcher he did not see any signs of a weapon at the site, just a skull and some bones. But what's also interesting, and this is heretofore unreleased information, was that rope was found with the skeleton, and police do believe that Jabez was bound. In the press conference, Deputy Chief Robinson also said that people in the community are scared to come forward, saying, quote, the folks that did it, we believe are from our community. We know that people in our community know things they haven't shared yet. He refused to speculate as to the connection to any other crime. In response to a question about the Combs case, he said, we will be going back and basically starting from the beginning, scouring our case files to ensure every lead, every tip was followed up on. We are going to run this thing to the end. Well, it's a lot easier for us to sit,
3: you know, in our high chairs and, and, and say, well, we would have went to police and we would have stopped this. But I think um, when the threat is right around the corner, and the threat is like i said it's a lot easier to to say than to to do
1: i agree with that i think though the issue here is the the perception the the wrong perception that is out there in this case and uh, the 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 problem here is that this this criminal element that is responsible for one or both of these murders or maybe even more plus no doubt about it. Other crimes as well. This criminal element, we're not talking about the, you know, the Irish mob or the, the mafia or even something as big as like the, the official bloods or the official crips or anything like that. This we're not, that's not what we're talking about here. This criminal element that's responsible for these crimes and these murders, you can be protected from. The Sarasota Police Department could absolutely protect you from these guys. That's all they are, is a bunch of, a a couple of thugs. They could Mm -hmm. protect you from these guys. The thing that you run into a little bit of trouble with if you are the witness or if you have information is, okay, if what I tell police or detectives, if, if what I tell them, is it going to be good enough to get these guys to lock them up and to bring charges against them? Because just because I say I saw something may not mean right. that it provides them with any thing of evidentiary value other than me saying so.
3: Yeah. We have one eyewitness, but in this case, like you've talked about, there's multiple eyewitnesses, but if all of them came together, now you're building a way stronger case. But, then it becomes this very odd situation where it's like, well, nobody really wants to come forward and they'll leak stuff to the family to try to make the family feel better. But if all those individuals uh, went and made sworn statements that they'd be building a way bigger case against
1: these individuals, 100%. And this community is, is starved for this thing to be over with this community. I that's, that's where that's where I'm trying to, rally the troops in a way of saying, you know what, let's, it takes a community to raise a child. Let's in this situation, it might take a community to get justice for a child. And it also might take a community to come together and get justice for Travis Combs as well. Jabez's body was found just feet from the road. It's really hard for me to understand how he remained there for so much time undetected. Now, the people that I spoke to who are close to the case and know some of the inside information about it, and this is just their opinion. I I don't know that this is scientific fact. Nobody told me that, but every one of them seemed to believe that he was there for a very long time, even though I'm having trouble wrapping my head around it. They say, trust me, Nick, he was there for a very long time. He was missing for 17 months. Now, that doesn't mean he was there from the moment he disappeared. It could have been right. days afterwards, and that's what I suspect, and I think that there's information out there to suggest that he was elsewhere for a short period of time, but unfortunately, he there's no nice way to put it. He He lied there in that area, in that location for a very long time, and that's one thing that his mother is very upset about, and rightfully so. Uh, but as we said the police are not saying whether they believe that Jabez was there the whole time or whether the body was dumped there after he was kept elsewhere they're just not they're not commenting on that they've not even released the cause of death but we do have information that a virtually complete skeleton was found with with just two tiny bones and a front tooth missing we also know that police impounded and searched the vehicle being driven at the time by who I'm calling the suspect, JJ. So perhaps they have suspicions that his vehicle was somehow involved. Now, JR, the PI, the private investigator, told us that it is his belief that Jabez's phone, which has never been found, was thrown out of the window of a vehicle as it traveled. This accounting for why it pinged in an area that was not near where the body was found at all. The phone continued to ring for about 36 hours after Jabez went missing, this before the phone went dead. So usually late in these episodes, Captain, we start getting into some of our thoughts or some of the more popular theories out there in a case. And mm-hmm. when we talk about popular theories in this case for Jabez Span, what could have happened to him? So what? There, there's only one real theory here. And to me, there's only one that makes sense based off of eyewitness reports and what the locals know from those who are talking. It's the no snitching rule. If you talk, you'll be punished or you'll be killed. Which, well, sometimes in a missing person case, there's just
3: theories and there might not be a lot of evidence. In this case, there's evidence that points, you know, it funnels you into the theory.
1: Yeah. And it's just, I think it's just a, a small matter of tying all this stuff together and lying it all out in a way that makes sense. And it tells the complete story. And then we can start putting people where they belong, which is behind bars. So when, when we explore this theory and 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 i hope i'm not speaking out of turn uh for you here captain i when i say i only believe there to be one theory i think i think you probably agree with that is that correct well there's two
3: there's too many eyewitnesses to assume that there's other
1: theories so if we're going by this what i'm calling the no snitching rule theory you know if you talk you could be you could be killed or you could be harmed in some way. Look, I get it. We've, you know, I'm not going to claim to be from anywhere that I'm not or to claim to know anything more about certain lifestyles or, or certain neighborhoods or anything like that, that I just don't. But you do have that, but you do have that thug life. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's just some stuff that can only come with real life experiences that I just don't have. And, but what I can say, you know, from seeing it on TV, watching the movies or hearing, hearing other people's real life stories. I know that this no snitching thing is a real thing in, in some walks of life, but in this particular situation in this particular area, Look, I've spoke to some of the locals. They've told me this This is unheard of in this area, that there can never think of another time in the history. These are people older than me that have told me I can never recall another crime that was reported that it, that somebody was killed because they knew something or because they were talking. And the thing that makes this so damn stupid here in this particular instance is a couple of things. One... Jabez may have witnessed something. It seems almost a certainty that he did witness something. The problem is he was walking around of his own free will for a week before he went missing. He wasn't going to police. He wasn't even communicating what he saw to his family. He was just talking to his friends like a normal 14-year-old kid would talk. This kid was not a snitch. In, in the sense of the word or, or in the sense of the term. Right. He, th-
3: but again, it could have been a situation, like they said, one of the friends is saying, I I told him not to smoke with everybody. It could be as, as far as these, you know, quote unquote thugs, they, they killed Travis. They, they, maybe it's a robbery gone bad or whatever, but like we stated before, it ends in a murder. And then maybe it took him a week to realize we we have a, eyewitness and we're smoking with that eyewitness something was said something was done and then and then he stands up for himself and says hey well you guys did this and if i have to go to police i will we don't know that information right
1: he he could have said the wrong thing to the wrong person i i get that i just i don't know it seems to me like there is a chance that these morons who killed travis panicked and they took it to another level and 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 somehow tricked Jabez and then killed him as well which may have been totally unnecessary is what I'm one that I'm getting at and then two, the other thing that makes this no snitching rule that these guys pretend to be living by so freaking stupid to me is that we have evidence we have reports that all three of these guys and I I want to be clear about that. I'm pretty certain we we have witnesses saying three people involved in Travis Combs' murder. I believe all three of those guys plus maybe one or two more people may have been involved in the whole Jabez Span mess which that means uh, some form of abduction, probably some form of holding him and then of course killing this young boy but we have reports that all three of these guys they themselves were talking Yeah, they weren't talking to police, but they were telling others what they did, who killed who, who, you know, who was involved in what. So these, these guys that pretend to be living by this no snitching rule, they're all talking. They're all telling people what's going on. Now to further out this theory a bit, an aunt of Travis Combs, this is Teresa Richardson told the media that Jabez was killed because he witnessed her nephew's murder, Travis's murder, right outside her door. She said Jabez knew Travis well, and he started to talk about what he saw. And her opinions, that's what cost him his life. Tawana Span agrees. She believes that her son was silenced because of what he knew and because he wasn't following the unwritten, no-snitching rules. He wasn't actually naming names. As far as anyone knows, but he was telling people that he knew who had done it. At least one woman that Jr. knows of told Jabez to keep quiet for his own good.
3: Well, these three guys, these three individuals, are three pieces of shit. And and also, though, I think it's it's the community making a statement. the The community is making the statement that this fourteen year old boy that had some promise, had some talent, at you know, was making the right. Decisions, going to school, getting good grades, being kind to other people. This kid, we're we're not backing him up. We're backing up the three pieces of shit that robbed a guy and murdered a guy in front of everybody, and that are probably stealing from their own community, and they're bullying people within their own community. That's we're making a stand for them by not doing anything by not standing up. You are making a stand. You're saying. This is acceptable, and, and if uh, this kid died because he saw something he shouldn't, well, that's just fine. That's the, the statement that this community is making.
1: Tawana actually feels that it's likely that Jabez did not feel he was in any danger from the killers of Travis Combs because some of the suspects were pretty close to Jabez and his family. These were people he knew and could identify but also people that he probably did not think would harm him she also believes that it's possible that someone told his abductors where he would be that night or even arranged for him to be taken While your subscription is active,
3: all right, we're back. Cheers from the cold, chilly, really cold garage and parts unknown
1: cheers to you captain and you know what before i forget i've been forgetting to do this and meaning to do so we need to announce have we officially announced that we are going to be at this year's crime con in orlando florida that was supposed to be top secret oh we, we are uh they have forbade us from telling you that we will be there. The crowds, they do not want the
3: crowds to get out of hand. Yes, we'll be in Orlando, Florida. You're going to be in
1: Florida half the year then. <laughs> right. All right, so if you want more information, here's what you do. You just simply Google CrimeCon 2020. That will take you right to their website, and you can find all the information there. There are going to be other wonderful people there as well, but we will certainly be there, and the dates for that, May 1st through 3rd in wonderful Orlando, Florida. And please use our code. If you're looking to buy tickets, you can save some cashola by using our code T C G 2020 T C G two zero two zero cheers to you captain.
3: You don't have to go to CrimeCon con all weekend. They actually have day passes as well. So if you're in the local area, it might be something you want to check out for a day. And plus, we'll probably do a outside of the CrimeCon meetup at some bar like we normally do.
1: And one thing that I will say real quickly here is I've been asked many times by people. They say, look, I've never gone, Nick. Is CrimeCon worth it? And I always say, yeah i'm blown away by the amount of events and the amount of things that they have to see and do there. It's like going to an amusement park where you just can't do everything that they have to offer. So we hope that you will join us in Orlando for this year's crime con. Now, jabez's mother, Tawana Span, I think she's a very, very brave woman. In fact, she told us that when you are trying to locate your missing child, You do not feel any fear. Perhaps this is how, when Jabez first went missing and rumors were swirling about who was involved, she was able to confront Curtis, remember he's one of our suspects, and ask him, quote, do you know what happened to my son who loved you? She says that when she asked him this, Curtis's first response was, who told you that? She also talked to the third suspect, who was seen running away with Curtis. This is Curtis's friend who we've already mentioned, Wheelock, who denied having anything to do with what happened. He did say to her, I thought they would have found Jabez by now. This was a long time before Jabez's body was found. Tawana took this to mean that Wheelock knew that they had dumped Jabez somewhere where he was likely to be found and probably Likely to be found fairly quickly. Street rumors tell us that Wheelock very recently confessed to someone while he was partying, while he was high or drunk, that he was paid uh-huh. to take care of Jabez. And Wheelock and Curtis were both picked up by police after Jabez first went missing, well before his body was found. But neither were arrested. Now, I want to be clear here. We do not know, because this is police business, official police business, we do not know whether they were picked up to be interrogated about Jabez being missing or if they were picked up for other reasons. We we just don't know. Yeah, or Travis's murder. Correct. That could be a possibility as well. Uh, JJ, the other suspect was also picked up and questioned about Jabez. That's what the reports are. He told JR, the private investigator, that he didn't have anything to do with what happened to Jabez, but the other guys, Wheelock and Curtis. I want to clear something up here. JJ refers to Curtis by his nickname, which is Tank. So his exact statement was, but the other guys, Wheelock and Tank, might have. See, this is where I get into this whole thing of, if you're living by this no snitching rule, why don't you observe this rule yourself and quit telling everybody else what you've done or what you've seen or what you've witnessed?
3: they're dumbasses. They're dumbasses. That's why they're committing crimes, because they're not smart enough or capable enough to do anything else.
1: Now, apparently, I've been told that J.J. also told someone that he, that he personally was afraid that what happened to Jabez could happen to him personally. Now, Tawana and JR, the private investigator, of course, have other theories. Now, that doesn't mean that they have other theories in regards to Jabez. This is not about who killed Jabez. It's pretty clear it is one of these guys, Curtis, Wheelock, or JJ, but about what or how deep this whole plot could go. They do not believe that the robbery of Travis Combs was spontaneous. And they cite this because they say Travis had not planned to be in Sarasota that day for reasons we cannot get into. And so whoever targeted him knew that they may have known that his plans had recently changed. I was being told that his plans changed the night before or even as late as the morning of. It's possible that whoever robbed him and killed him, that somehow they had knowledge about where he would be and probably insider knowledge that he would have money and or marijuana on him at the time.
3: Yeah, or maybe even something bigger. I mean, just because the, the rumors out there or the speculation out there is that he just sold weed, There's, look, you got into that because of the money and could you got into something else? Cause you're going to make a little more money. But what we do have is witnesses hearing people say, give us whatever. And Travis saying, I don't got it. You know? So, so like you said, these guys playing something out and they were looking for something and Travis was claiming he didn't, I don't have it.
1: Yeah. It's, it seems to me like there's, there's enough talk enough evidence here that the three men who surrounded Travis's vehicle, who killed him and disposed of the car, I think they, they planned this event. Whether there was anyone else involved behind the scenes who set Travis up or ordered that Jabez be taken right. out, that's, I think, purely speculation. But clearly someone orchestrated the robbery and then wanted to send a message and chose to use Jabez to do it. One of the truly terrible things about this case, and there's many terrible things about this case, but one of the truly terrible things about this case, and you've mentioned this already, Captain, is how many people seem to have intel about what happened to Jabez and who did it but won't talk. It's one of the few cases we've covered where there are known suspects, but cops just can't pin the crime on them. We know that One of Jabez's friends told Lucille that Jabez was in Bradenton, which is where he was eventually found. How did he know that? Another witness told the private investigator that the family was not going to like what was done to Jabez's face. This was before his body was found. Remember, he was missing a tooth that we know of. That was one thing that was reported again. How did he know this? How did he have this insider information? And some witnesses were shut down from speaking with authorities altogether by their parents. Now, I want to go on record and say I get that. I get that. I get the parents saying, "You know what? I I don't feel comfortable with you talking." Um, I
3: understand that, but the every every like I said, everybody here, everybody that's not coming forward with information, they're they're making a mm-hmm. stand, whether they think they are or not. They're basically saying the bad guys win the innocent kid that died who cares and and that's what i want for my community that's what they're stating so if they say well that's not what i want but that's what your actions prove you know so it doesn't matter if you uh, i always tell people don't don't give a shit about people's words it's their actions their actions prove and everybody's actions here prove they don't, they don't want a safer community. They don't want a community that people feel safe to go to law enforcement and, and to say this crime happened. They don't want that because if they did, right. they would take a That's stand. Right. The,
1: the, the sad irony here is the result of all of this fear and silence is that the bad guys are being protected. The bad guys are being protected while an innocent young boy paid the ultimate price. Now, a community activist in Newtown named Wayne Washington, who was a contact person for the family and led several of the search parties for Jabez, he asked community members to reconsider the so-called no snitch rule. He said, We let our kids kill each other and we don't say anything about it. They tell us not to snitch and that is wrong. Detective Megan Buck, one of the two detectives currently on the case said to People Magazine, "Quote: Somebody knows something. It's so sad, and no one is helping. His friends aren't talking. Nobody's talking."
3: Yeah, but on top of that, you also have a a pastor that comes forward with some information and then backs off. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, it's oh well, if you if you question me more, uh, I'm I'm going to use these little loopholes. There's supposed to be a separation of church and state, but we create these loopholes so the pastor then can just say, "I don't need to talk to police." That God that you're praying to every week uh, might have some kind of judgment for you at the end of all this for not coming forward, not taking a stand.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. But he's the pastor's not the only one that gets to invoke this privilege now in his defense what his public statement is is that he had no real knowledge of he's saying nobody came to him directly specifically about Jabez Spans right case. so he's just hearing rumblings in the community he yeah he could be hearing rumors and he may have thought hey maybe they have no idea maybe they're you know their investigation is a search in the dark right, right. now they're, they they you know, they have no breadcrumbs at all. Maybe I could at least pass along some rumors that I heard.
3: Well, great. Now I sound like a pastor hater.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't think you're a pastor pastor hater, hater. but I, I get, I won't speak for all the listeners. I'm sure somebody is uh, very upset with you right now. But one thing that I think we all should be very upset about is I want to reference another crime that took place in this community. And, you know, I, this is this is a situation where there's there's a young man who his name was Christopher Ramos and I believe he yes he was 26 years old at the time that he was killed. This is an article from uh September of last year of 2019. It says two charged in Sarasota murder. Deputies seek more information. Well, the result of this whole thing and I won't read the entire story but they arrest two young men. This is Sean Thomas and Davon Lee. Well, these two young men are suspected of killing this other man, Christopher Ramos, who was just 26 years old. This is important. This story is important to the Jabez story and to Travis Combs' story for many reasons for me. And and, and first of all is Ramos, this Christopher Ramos. There are, plenty of rumblings that he ran around with our three suspects mm-hmm. that he was known to hang out with that group probably even committed crimes with these guys i don't know that there's enough out there to suggest that he was involved somehow in travis's death or jabez's death but he's somehow all wrapped up and tied into this thing his name is weaved in and out of the storylines of this big case well he's killed and he's, he's a thug. I, I mean, I'm sorry to the, to his family. I'm sorry that you lost him and I, you don't deserve that. He didn't deserve to lose his life either. But the problem that I have here is this article clearly states it was the community. It was tipsters that provided the information to detectives that led to the arrest of these two other guys. Of Of this uh, Thomas and Lee right, right. characters, so what you're saying that
3: the community then spoke up and said, "Hey, this thug, this thug that was doing no good right
1: he, he they, again it's protecting the bad guy, yeah, a bad guy was protected, people were, were willing to come forward, and here, here's the inf- the information I have is basically Christopher Ramos robbed somebody and somebody that was either tied to one of these two guys or both of them or one of these guys directly. Yeah. He robbed them. This guy is picked up on other charges and has to serve eight months in jail. Okay. He gets out eight months later and goes and retaliates against Christopher Ramos and kills him for, for robbing him. Right. That's, really the underlining story that's the behind the scenes story of why that young man is now not with us and again it's like can you can you come forward whoever came forward in that particular case should be an inspiration for these people to come forward for jabez's murder and for travis combs's murder and look i understand that travis combs was out peddling weed um and I understand that Jabez was not, you know, may not have been a saint. I'm not a saint. We all were 14 years old at one time and we all smoked a cigar or, mm-hmm. or did something stupid with our friends. We all did that. Yeah, once killed. Jabez a cow. is an innocent child. At the end of the day, he's an innocent child. And he was taken from us by some of these, some of these real assholes mm-hmm. who can't even follow their own quote unquote street code. And it's time to put them away. And look, here's the other thing. These guys, the three that we're talking about, they commit crimes on the daily, Uh on the daily. It's part of their, it's part of their regular weekly routine. They're always looking to rob somebody. They're always looking to take advantage of someone. They are always looking to hurt someone. They are bad terrible, horrible people, and if you don't know anything about Jabez's murder or Travis Combs' murder, but you know that one of these three or all of these three have done something else that's terrible, go tell the police. Go get them locked up for anything, anything. It doesn't have to be for the murder of Jabez or for Travis Combs. Get them behind bars. That is where they belong. Your streets will be safer if you do that. Your community will be better for it. These are bad people. Do not convince yourself otherwise.
3: Yeah. And don't convince yourself that you're safe either. As long as these pieces of shit are out on the street, nobody's safe. Cause like you said, they, they don't follow their own code. And so guess what? If you're protecting a piece of shit, guess what? If you smell something. That's because you use a piece of shit. And then, when a piece of shit possibly is murdered, and then you stand up and then you you protect him by then going after his killers, then what does that make the community too shitty?
1: Well, you no, know? no I'm not. going I mean, you can do that, but I'm not going to fault anybody for coming forward and saying, "Hey, I know who killed Christopher Ramos." That's the right thing to do. No, what and I'm saying what is, it
3: doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't that make you, any you sense. Would come but the, forward- the
1: people. The people that have information about the murder of Christopher Ramos may have no information about Jabez or... Right, you know, I agree. I, I, we, we can't believe that... We don't have anything or any reason to believe that those are the same people. And, and here's what I firmly believe. If, in fact, they, I wish they were the same people, because those people would have came forward, obviously, against Jabez, or would have came forward, I mean, for Jabez or for Travis. And, I mean, really... Th- there's just a lot of there's a lot of activity here there's a lot of rumors there's a lot of things that are going on in the streets a lot of talk amongst these these circles and here's the thing that i i want to take this even a step further to not even to go beyond the good people in the community because this is a community filled with lots and lots and lots of good wonderful people lots of good families. But here's the thing. I want to go beyond that. And I want to talk to the three suspects that we have called out on the show. If you're one of those three guys, everybody knows, you know, your buddies are talking, you know, you've told people what you've done or what you've saw, what you've witnessed, what you've been a part of. If you want to do something good for yourself, It's time for you to go to police and for you to go to detectives, because guess what? It's only a matter of time before one of your so-called buddies, one of your so-called friends who think about the other two in your group for a second, think about all the terrible things that they've done or been involved in. Think about what kind of, what kind of person they really, really are. They're not going to have your back at the end of the day. They're not going to have your back when they're pushed into a corner. It's only a matter of time before one of these turds turns on the other two. And if you want to be the smartest guy in that terrible group, you better be the one that turns first. Do something good for yourself. Now, the other sad, sad, sad thing here that that just breaks my damn heart is, is that the tragedy of this case is that Jabez Spann was truly just in the wrong place at the wrong time. He was last seen less than 200 yards from the vacant lot where he came out of a friend's house and witnessed the shooting of Travis Combs right in his own backyard. Both his case and that of Travis Combs case, both of these cases remain unsolved. These are unsolved cases Jabez's case is an open, active homicide investigation, according to the private investigator and to Jabez's family. Jr. and Tawana had a meeting with detectives. This took place in early November of last year. This to exchange information. And Tawana says that law enforcement is diligently working on her son's case, that they are all on the same page, and she just tries to stay out of the way of the investigators unless she has information to relay. We spoke to detective Buck. She did tell us that the investigation is open and active and that the $50,000 reward for information leading to an arrest is still available. But the fact remains the same men who were suspected in the early stages of the investigation remain the suspects to this day. Yeah although they've never been officially named as such. Authorities just need that little bit of additional evidence before they can make arrest in the murder of Jabez Spam. In a surprising turn of events, prosecutors dropped the accessory after the fact charges against Reginald Parker. Old Reginald. Now, he does remain in jail on charges of failing to report in as a sex offender. Yeah where he will be until 2022, but he isn't getting any legal pressure to talk about Jabez Span's case that we know of.
3: Yeah. Again, like I said, I think that's a lot of pressure or or if you feel a threat of death to come forward again, what information do some of these individuals have? Is it just secondhand information? Mm -hmm. But if these people could come together collectively, I think it would be a lot more powerful, and they'd probably feel a lot more safe as well. But again, easier said than done.
1: I am I am so hopeful, and I'm very optimistic, and I think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic that this case will be solved. And I feel, and I have had people tell me that it's as plain and as simple as this. If you can solve Travis Combs' murder, you'll solve Jabez Spann's murder. If you you can solve Jabez Spann's murder, you will solve Travis Combs' murder. That's the only way for your community to heal. Let's get these cases off of the books. Let's get further closure for these families. These families are still trying to live their lives and still trying to cope. They're still grieving. They're still trying to, in a sense— you never truly can move on, but they're trying to move on. And I, I thank God that Jabez span was finally found. And I, and it, and my heart breaks so much for his mother and grandmother and extended family that they had to wait so long and go through that misery for 17, almost 18 months. Again, I, I want to make sure that I give a big, big shout out to the peace river search and rescue team. Uh, for their fantastic efforts, for for efforts over the course of many, many, many months donating time, efforts. Uh, a lot of people came together to try to find this young boy. Now, to learn more about what they do and they are doing so many, so many good things and or to make a donation, you can visit them at prsar.org. Now, Jabez, Jabez's mother has created a nonprofit foundation called the Jabez Span Foundation in his memory. It acts as a resource for families of missing children. The website isn't up and running yet, but you can follow the foundation on Facebook. If anyone has any information on either of these unsolved cases, on the unsolved murder of Travis Combs, Or if you have any information about the unsolved murder of Jabez Span, please, please call Detective Kim Laster at 941-364-7327 or call the Sarasota Crime Stoppers at 941-366-8477.
3: All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for joining us in the garage. Be good to one another.
1: And before we go, we have a little recommended listening for everybody out there. This comes from some of our very good friends. We have Justin from the Generation Y podcast and the Minds of Madness podcast have teamed up to do something very awesome that we want you to check out called Deadly Misadventures. And we will have that on our recommended page at TrueCrimeGarage.com. Everybody, be good, be kind, and don't litter.